Tech Talk. Tech Talk with Jess Kelly. This is News Talk. Welcome along to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Coming up over the next hour, would you pay for X, aka Twitter? Will Musk make it happen? Does anyone actually care? We'll answer all those vital questions. Plus, we'll have a look at what's going on with Google and the US Department of Justice. And I have yet another 55-inch TV from Telefunken to give away. As always, you can email the show if you want. Uh, you'll get me, techtalk at newstalk.com or on Instagram at jesskellynt. But we're going to start this week with X. Uh, it's been a while since it's rebranded to X and I still struggle constantly to not call it Twitter. Um, earlier this week, Elon Musk made headlines yet again because he has toyed or is currently toying with the idea of introducing a paywall for the service. So we already have, is it Twitter Blue or the verified thing or the premium, whatever it's called, where you can pay for your blue tick. Um, But he's now saying to tackle the bots, they need to introduce some form of solution and technology apparently can't do it, but your money can. Uh, Stephen O'Leary of Alitico is with me. And Stephen, we spoke a few months ago about the twists and turns that Twitter slash X has taken since Musk took over, which is only a year ago, um, which is mad. But anyway, uh, were you surprised when you heard this? What was your initial reaction? I think in the past, I would have probably dismissed this as classic kite flying from Musk and something that really was never going to take off and would never be applied to the four or 500 um, million different accounts that exist on the platform currently. But Musk has shown in the last 12 months that he is willing to do things that previously would have been seen as radical or introduce concepts or elements that might have been seen as existential to the existence of X as a network. And for the most part, they've been implemented or tried out and X hasn't fallen over. It's it's managed to survive. So I'm probably in two minds. There's a part of me feels that if it's introduced, it could dramatically reduce the number of users on the platform. But equally, I probably have a degree of sympathy when Musk says he can't think or they haven't come up with an alternative way to get rid of spam or bots on the network. I mean, dozens, if not hundreds of different things have been tried, not just by X, but by other social networks. And the problem continues. So in light or without a a better alternative or suggestion coming forward, I think it's either a case of accept that there will always be a percentage of accounts that are spammy and bot-esque on X or raise the bar. Uh, and possibly one of the ways that bar is going to be raised is by a, a subscription. So you mentioned the word survive there. You know, the platform man has managed to survive thus far. But I wouldn't say it's going beyond surviving. It's not thriving and it's not the town hall where everybody is going to share their thoughts and feelings now. Like I mentioned to you when we spoke last that I'm using the platform less and less and that's decreased again uh, in the last four or five months. Um, And bots isn't the biggest issue. The biggest issue I have is just being flooded with blue tick morons who are saying things that are problematic on a few different levels. So surely 
the the notion of having the premium subscription as well as just a basic paywall makes no sense. So there's there's two parts to that. I think if we take the first part, you know, the idea of let's say reduced usage or the network no longer being the town hall, there's enough major moments that have occurred culturally um, in the last six to nine months to suggest that really nothing has stepped in, be that threads or otherwise, to fill any kind of gap that X might have opened up when it comes to being that town hall place. So you think about the major moments around the Women's World Cup. You look at the talking points around the current Men's Rugby World Cup. You look at, you know, just a host of popular culture, sporting and political moments in the last year. Mm. And X is still the place to go to find out what's happening. I mean, just look at this week and the events surrounding, um, you know, the Irish Parliament and, and what we saw there. X is the network where a lot of the real time information in relation to these things still gets shared. Now, I completely agree that because of the new for you style um, feed that every user is met with by default when they log on to the platform, there is a broad agreement that the quality of what you see in that view is poor at best and, and is actually, like you say, probably getting worse because those who are paying for premium are getting more prominence and there's no correlation between quality and those those paying that premium subscription. However, it is still possible to switch your view to look at those who you follow instead of who you're suggested to see content from. And although it's a barrier and it's not the default, if you make that switch in your view, it's almost like going back to what the network was like. And a lot of the content that you and I and users consumed previously it's still there. The challenge is it's not the default anymore. And really, we know how users behave. They don't like even the smallest bit of friction. So for the most part, users will absolutely agree with you that the quality of the discourse and that town hall nature has gotten worse and more extreme. But really, it's just the choice the network has made in terms of promoting that content to you. The rest of the conversation actually is still happening it's just not as prominent in our feeds. But we spoke about this b- before in terms of the blue tick thing and the verified whatever. Um, like the blue badge used to be a good way to identify if somebody is who they were reported to be, particularly when it comes to journalists or to people of note. Um, and having that distinguished uh, account versus the average punter was very beneficial now it's very, 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 very difficult to identify parody accounts or piss take accounts or whatever you want to call them from the accounts of actual individuals. And I just find it's kind of like going on Reddit. You're just getting everybody thrown in and it just, it, it's, there's no, I suppose, real benefit aside from hearing a million and one uh, opinions at the one time. It's not as vital a news source, and maybe it's just me being old and cynical and impatient, but it's not as vital a news source as it once was. It's not spoken about in newsrooms by journalists that I would be very friendly with in the same way that it was even 12, 14, 16 months ago. Um, 
and so I just wonder, is him, the, the notion of him bringing a paywall in, really going to entice me to, to, to stick with it if you're still going to get the same calibre of crap left, right and centre? I think that's a really good question. And I do think that there's potentially an element of misplaced effort against the spam or bot accounts. Uh, if you look at the complaints people have in relation to what they see on the networks, spam and bot accounts tend not to be the primary driver of negativity. It's absolutely what you're saying. It's this new wave of paid for premium verified accounts that are adding very little value, are not verified in any way, and are detracting from the quality of the conversation that was previously very easy to filter uh, and to look out for. Uh, I think in the earliest days of Twitter, and if I think back to, you know, as a user in 2009 or 2010, when the, the network was very, very young, some of the most valuable things that users did was create public curated lists of accounts. And as recently as when the Russia invasion of Ukraine began, there were still people who created very quickly um, excellent lists of hundreds of verified or verifiable Ukrainian sources of information, be that local journalists or news organizations and others that you could quickly follow to get an accurate view of what was happening and not having to go and seek out these accounts or try to understand who was or wasn't to be trusted. So it, I guess the thing here is what it feels like is that the barrier to consuming quality content on the network has increased. Mm. And it's harder now to have a positive experience on X relative to maybe three or four years ago. But in a way, the problems that existed five years ago continue to exist now, be that bot or, or spam accounts. And no one seems to have come up with a good way from an engineering point of view or a user experience point of view of filtering that out. So it's not to say that the other problems don't exist. It's not to say that premium or premium, the premium version of X or, or blue or verified or whatever name it's going to have it's not to say that that hasn't complicated matters and again, kind of reduced the quality of the experience for users, but it, they're almost two separate issues, right? You have that on the one hand and then separate to it, you have the bot or spam account. And it feels like the bot or spam account is something that Musk had as a, almost his kind of cornerstone of his agenda when he came in and took over and it hasn't been fixed. And so now he's looking at uh, a solution. There is also obviously a much bigger consideration here, and that is revenue, mm. because this all stemmed or relates to comments Musk made earlier this month about Twitter's US or X's US ad revenue being down 60%. Now, if that number is accurate, that is a massive financial hole that needs to be filled. And ultimately, if you're not getting it through subscription uh, on a premium level and you're not getting it via advertising, well, then in order to survive, the network is going to have to come up with an alternative way to monetize the users it has. 
and potentially subscription is going to be that model. Okay, but can I just be thick for a second? Because there's a part here that I just don't understand. Why? And again, it could be really simple, but I'm just going to word vomit at you for a second. So brace yourself. Uh, why don't they just insist upon verification for every account? It doesn't matter who you are, or what you are, you have to be verified. If you opt not to be verified on the platform, you have to pay for that. That way then you're still getting a bit of money in through subscription. You're not pe- penalizing the traditional um, or the, the longstanding um, Twitter user. And then there'll be more trust in the platform. There'll be more genuine interactions on the platform. Those people will want to spend more time there and maybe advertisers will come back. Am I missing a trick there? No, I don't think you are. And I think I, I think the only trick that's possibly being missed is that rational, um, competent, well-thought-out commercial strategy is not how I think you would describe the way in which X has been run since Musk took mm-hmm. charge. So while all of that sounds very fair and reasonable, fair and reasonable doesn't seem to be how things work there at the moment. Yeah, but it also, Stephen, feels like it's it's the it's the person who can't go to the match or can't watch the match because they're in work and they just want to follow live updates on Twitter on a Saturday or a Sunday. They're the ones being penalised. And, you know, the people who want to set up bot accounts and whatever it is, that costs pennies to do. They can easily do it and they're getting away with it. Like, so it's the average consumer that's being penalised. And it just feels like, you know, if you wanted to be a good egg on a good platform, put in your password or whatever it is. If you don't want to do it, fine, you can subscribe, but you'll still have some form of accountability and traceability there from a platform point of view. And that will squash the bots. But I'm just, I'm so fed up watching the average consumer being squeezed for money because these billionaires have made bad business decisions. Yeah, and look, I, again, I think I think it's a really fair thing to not be happy about. And, you know, I, I agree, right? It is the average user. The only thing is that when what's changed since we last spoke, albeit it doesn't have a, an Irish presence yet, uh, but hopefully that it's soon to change. But Threads has launched and there was a lot of chat when it launched. And then obviously the initial excitement um, wore off and daily active users, certainly a kind of thing that, that is being reported, decreased significantly. But what now exists is a platform and a network and a user base because there were, I can't remember the number, but I think it might have been close to 100 million accounts set up in a very short space of time. Now, the active users have definitely decreased and we we know this to be true but that's now in place and almost waiting there semi-dormant or like just tipping along and while it required that to be launched the first time probably in response to some of the, the changes musk was implementing at x at the time and then it needed to launch and, and gain momentum etc now it's there So this time or the next time that Musk decides to do something dramatic in relation to X. Imagine, for example, he decided, right, we're introducing a paid for subscription for every single user. That barrier of getting people to switch to another network, that's kind of gone now Mm -hmm. because instantly 
what Meta can say is, well, Threads exists. And provided they can get past some of the challenges they have in Europe about making it accessible to, to users in, um, in various countries. But provided it's a, a truly global platform and it provides the vast majority of experiences that people are currently having on X, you never know what the tipping point will be. So we know it wasn't two or three months ago when Threads launched. Mm. We know there wasn't the sustained groundswell of support for it for people to say, right, I'm making the move. But people are complicated and it's hard to know what the moment will be. And I think Threads are now in a really, or Threads as a platform is in a really, really interesting position because it's ready and we know what it's like and the fear of will it last, will it survive, what will the user experience be like, that's all kind of dealt with now. It's just there running. And as I say, it feels like one of the big final frontiers they face is to make it accessible at a European level, because we know that uh, X, for example, is a very popular network in Europe and, and there needs to be a, an alternative to it if, um, if a switch is to occur. But if they get past that and Musk progresses and makes a decision like this around X, I could absolutely see a situation where people kind of go, okay, I can have the exact same experience on another platform you know, it's a much better experience and I'm going to make the move. Mm. Now, it hasn't happened yet. And I do think it would take something massive for that to occur. But massive things have occurred on networks in the last two or three years. And that's the big change, right? That would be like a dramatic moment type change. What we don't know is like how this is just tipping along in the pla- in the background, and how maybe through your experience on Instagram or your experience on Facebook or Meta or the other kind of apps it owns, that you aren't kind of slowly but surely being reminded that Threads is there and you can have this experience there and look at this, this content there. And, you know, all the major news outlets tend to have a presence on it. If you want to watch or follow analysis to do with, again, sport or pop culture, et cetera, all the content is there. Mm. It's a It's a very similar experience to X apart from the real-time nature. And it's that real-time nature that remains kind of, I think, the the glue or the secret sauce that is holding X together. You know, for all your poor experiences that you're having in terms of general discourse, there's re- there isn't. It, it simply isn't actually even open to argument. There is nothing in the world that deals with breaking news in the way that X does. If the notion of a paywall comes into effect and say it's less than five euro, would you pay it? Yes. Explain. I, I, I find great value in the network. And I appreciate that one of the reasons I find that value is because it's part of my day job. So Olitico turns 15 this year. Wow. And yeah, for, for 15 years we have analyzed how people have talked publicly on X, Twitter as it was back then, and a host of other networks. And, you know, we've seen Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and LinkedIn and Reddit and message boards and forums and so many others come along. And to a lesser or greater extent, those platforms are really important to a whole bunch of clients that we currently work with. But the reality is there isn't a network 
that produces the volume of content and the level of insight that X currently does. Now, you've pointed out and articulated really well the problems that are there as a user. And so it's not to say that it would be this amazing experience that I would be paying for. But for example, those lists I talked about a little bit earlier, I follow a curated list to do with Ukraine because I find it an incredibly interesting way to see how a bunch of journalists have put together a set of very well-established, verified, on-the-ground accounts that give a really interesting insight into what's happening in the country at the moment. At the absolute other end of the spectrum, I've created my own comedy list, which isn't public, but because there's such a range of really exciting Irish and international comedy talent that still use X as a way to launch their careers, share their content, I'm more than happy to go to that tab in my account when I want a little bit of lightness and, you know, spend 10, 15 minutes scrolling through just a bunch of content from these comedians. So that's, that requires effort, right? It doesn't instantly happen. I don't just open the app and all my feed is this amazing set of content. I, I, I have the exact same pains that you have. I look at content saying, why am I, why am I being served this? And I don't follow that account. And my God, that is, you know, why is this even in my feed? But then I remember, oh, I'm on the for you page. And so I go yeah. to the who I follow page instead. And I see this different world. And then I go, as I said, to those curated lists of accounts and, and they work really well. So in a way, you know, within reason, regardless of the price point, I absolutely would be subscribing if a subscription, a mandatory subscription came in. Okay. Let me know what you would do. Techtalk at Newstalk.com. Would you be willing to go along with it? Or like me, are you at the point, like last week, Colin Boog was here and I was saying, bring back Bebo. I don't know if I'm just old and middle-aged now. But anyway, uh, Stephen O'Leary, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jess. Yeah, that was Stephen O'Leary of Alitico. Um, I just... I don't know. I actually, do you know what landed on my desk the other day was the Walter Isaacson book about Elon Musk. And I started it um, and it is interesting to get a bit more insight into his early life. But at the same time, uh, the power and the influence that he has is just incredible. I mentioned it uh, last week when we were talking to Colin Buig that there's an incredible piece in the New Yorker by Ronan Farrow that looks at the influence and sway that Elon Musk has in terms of the US government at the moment. Just because he is so centrally involved in Starlink, in Tesla, in X, you know, is he a bit untouchable? I don't know. I'm utterly fascinated and um, yeah, I'd love to know what you think. Techtalk at Newstalk.com is the email address. But... Moving swiftly along before I go into yet another, uh, you know, day of giving out about Elon Musk too much. Uh, for the third week running, we have a 55-inch N19 TV from Telefunken to give away to one lucky listener. Brian McGuinness from Dublin was last week's winner. He correctly identified the incredible Succession theme tune. But if you want to join our winners list, our third winner of the month, isn't that great? Uh, and get your hands on that frameless 4K UHD LED display. Simply tell me the name of the TV show that had this as its theme tune. I can't do this all on my own. No, I know I'm no Superman. I'm no 
Superman. Yeah, it's short and sweet. Uh, text the word TV plus your name and answer to 53106 at a cost of 30 cent. The winner will be announced on next week's show. And you can get more information on the TV from telefunkenelectronics.ie. Now, when we come back here on News Talk, what is going on with Google?